Lord's help tonight, I want to preach a little thought that God gave me. Since he made a way, then what? How many know that you need to take the way that God made for you? Amen. All right, turn in Genesis, if you will. Let me try to read a little tonight, maybe. Let me get my eyeballs on where I can see what I'm thinking. Turn in Genesis, if you will. Let's start it in chapter 19. Are you there? We know this story, right? And there came two angels to Sodom at Eve. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet. Notice what he's saying. And ye shall rise up early. And go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, notice this, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. They called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. I hope you know what they're talking about. And Lot went out at the door unto them, And shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Now, that should tie together, right? Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye unto them as is good in your eyes. I don't know if I had said that. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. They said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourney, and he will needs to be judged. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. They smote, notice this, and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were weary themselves to find the door. Are you with me? Brother Richard Good, that's the blessing. Amen, amen. You may be seated. This story could play out in America today. And it's sad to say that. 
Because according to the world and according to America, we're getting smarter, not dumber. But it seems like the smarter we get, the further away from God we get. I told you this morning in Genesis 1 and 1 that God created all that we know. In Genesis 2 and 1, God made rest. Right? Genesis 2 and 3, God made the Sabbath. In Genesis 3 and 21, listen, he had to make clothes. Man had sinned and his nakedness was revealed. So we see that God made a way, but not only did he make a way, even as Lot was here, he had to make provisions to cover up the nakedness of man in Genesis. And then we see that Lot, he had two angels in his house. Now God made a way that those two angels had the power to strike blindness upon that whole crowd that was trying to do wickedly. Now, what I I want you to get tonight is this. When God makes a way, He'll also make provisions. He made a way that these two angels came as a warning to Lot. They were coming to tell Lot to get his house in order, you might say, and get his family out of there, that God was fixing to destroy that place. But you see... Now listen to me, and I believe America's right there on the verge of this very thing today. God sent two angels to America, what America would do with them. If if two angels came to the White House and knocked on the door, first of all, I wonder if our government would even invite them to come in. Probably not, you're right. Probably not. Unless they had a big dignitary with them. And if they knew that they were true Holy Ghost filled people of God, they definitely wouldn't let them in. But we see in this city that Lot knew, listen to me, Lot knew what was going to happen if they stayed in the street. It wasn't going to be good. And he begged them to come into the house. And even though they came into the house, they're still not safe. As far as man could say. So Lot goes out and offers them his two daughters, which are virgins. Now listen to me tonight. If you know anything about the Word of God, God has always made a way, and He made the provisions to keep you in the way. And I thought, listen to me, first of all, Lot was showing himself, listen carefully, Lot was showing himself, first of all, by inviting the men to come in. Second of all, Lot was showing himself by compelling them to come in. Not just inviting them to come in, but really he was trying to force them to come into his house. See, that was where I knew that Lot was really on God's side. 
He was in the wrong situation doing the wrong thing, but he's still on God's side. First of all, he recognized who they were. How many of us would recognize two angels from God? How many of us would invite him into the house? How many of us would compel him to come into our house knowing that where we live wouldn't be safe for them? How many of us would offer our virgin daughters? Now, this part is hard for me to understand. Other than maybe God had told Lot, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. But to find out where the heart of those people was, Lot said, here's my two daughters, have you way with them. No, we want those men. That's sick. That's a sick individual. And here we're not living with individuals. God has made a way. God is making provision. Notice who pulled who then. The angels pulled Lot back in and closed the door. And God made provision by striking all of them blind. To the point they... <laughs> this amazed me. when I Every time I've ever read this, it amazed me. They were standing at the door and they still couldn't find the door. God not only struck them blind, but man, they couldn't even find the door. Now that's blind when you're standing at the door but you can't find the door. Now listen to me. This is a type of showing that Christ was there because the door was shut. The ark. Go back to the ark. The door was shut and they could not find it. I wonder how many search for it underwater. You're right, brother. No telling how many thousand was hunting for the door of the ark when it was closed. They're here hunting the door of the ark, but God has brought them into safety. Now, I'm talking about God not only makes a way, but he makes provision. We see that I told you this morning about going through the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. Now, listen. You and I, that's impossible. You and I, we're facing the army behind us, the Red Sea before us. We're done. We're toast. We're history. Right? (laughs) And I said this the other night in the message, when the wind began to blow, I wonder how many fussed about the wind blowing. (laughs) That'd be a Baptist shores of the world. Not knowing what God's doing. But not only did he drive the ground up to where they could go over Safety, not only that kind of provision, but he, he furnished a cloud by day. He made provision, right? God made a way for him to get out of bondage, but he also is making provision for him to stay out of bondage. Brother Richard, he said he'd make a way of escape, didn't he? So he made a way of escape right through on dry ground. He made a cloud by day. He made a fire by night when they had to travel at night. Now, this you, know, you may never have got this out of the Scripture. They didn't travel at night. That was not a normal thing for people to travel at night back then. First of all, the rogues and the thieves traveled at night. 
So God had to make more than just a light. Now listen, if I was a thief and I was a rogue, here comes a couple of million people. Now, we ain't talking about from here to the bottom of the hill, folks. We're talking about strung out for miles and there's enough light for a couple million people. I don't believe I'd attack that crowd either. First of all, he's got it lit up like daylight. God made provisions, right? He made a way, but he made the provision. They got a hungry, manna came from heaven, water came out of the rock, quail was flown in by the boxcar loads. According to the study that I had done, and preacher Ken Brady brought it up in a message one night, and I searched it out, 65 boxcar loads of quail to feed that crowd one meal. 65 boxcar loads. You're talking about a million of people. A little old quail ain't, well, it ain't near as big as my big fist. You probably get two quail to one of my fist. And I'm sure, listen to me, if they had an appetite like I do, they ate three or four quail per head. So there's probably more than 65 boxcar loads came in to make them eat enough to be sick. Hello? I mean, when God makes provisions, He makes provisions. Now, think about this. If it took 65 boxcar loads to feed them one meal of quail, that's how much had to fall from heaven every day for manna. That may not amaze you, but it does me. 65 boxcar loads God got ready every day to drop on that crowd. (laughs) and there again God always sent more than what you needed he said don't worry about picking it up and putting it in your pocket there'll be a fresh batch tomorrow well that tells me there was some left on the ground but he made sure there was plenty to eat there was plenty of water came out of the rock there was plenty of cloud by day plenty of light by night plenty of dry ground to get them over on So God is a God of provisions. Jehovah Jireh, isn't it? God will provide. So I thought, not only can He make a way, but when He made that way, He'll make the provision for you to go that way. Anybody ever heard this statement? It's just hard to be a Christian. Well, quit relying on yourself and start relying on God. God will make it easy to be a Christian. Hold on. Don't say amen too quick if you really have a heart desire. See, the trouble of it is most folk are going to church half-heartedly. They're serving God half-heartedly. Reading the Word half-heartedly. Their prayer life is half-hearted. Everything they do for God is just half-hearted. But he said, everything you do, do unto the Lord. Hello? Do it with all your might. Are you with me? Say amen. So God being a God of provision, God bringing the children over on dry ground, God providing all the quail and all the food they needed, and we still don't believe God. Job, Lot, all these men God delivered and brought, now, I, let, let's, let's, 
Let's go to Job just for a minute. That ain't in my notes, but let's go to Job anyway. Here is a man with, I believe if I remember right, seven children. He's rich. He's got camels. He's got asses. He's got men that work for him. He's got a nice place to live. Children's got a nice place to live. He, he's got money. So he's fighting well. And he's up and making sacrifice, the Bible said, just in case his children sinned. Not that they did, but just in case they did. Hello, church member. <laughs> Only time I can get you to use the elders when you have sinned. Amen, preacher. And you really have to get caught then. Amen. I mean, you don't need in case I messed up this week and I didn't realize it, let me repent of it. We don't do that, do we? We wait till God has to be our head in and it feels so bad we can't stand it. Holy Ghost choked us to death. And then we run up to the altar and say, Oh God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me ask you a question. Are you sorry you, you sinned or are you just sorry you got caught? But we see that God said, have you tried my servant? Have you tried my servant? Oh, the devil said, nah, I ain't going over and try that man. You've got a hedge built around him. Nobody can get through it. Aren't you glad even the devil knows that he can't get through unless God opens the door? Hello. <laughs> he can't get through it. He knows what's got something around you. And... and Help me just a minute. Say amen. Shut your mouth. Whatever you want to. I've always believed that's the Holy Ghost surrounding us. Amen. Holy Ghost surrounding us. Go up. Say I'm going to try that servant. To, I don't think you will. The Holy Ghost is all around that guy. God said, well, I'll just take that down. Well, Job said, skin for skin, he'll cuss you. Lost his children, lost his cattle, lost his camels, lost his asses. Everything he had fell apart. Sores come on his body. <laughs> I'm going to say something that will help us if we'll listen. Most of us would have left God when the first one hit, no matter which one it was. If it was our camels died or our children died or whatever, most people turn their back on God instead of turning to God. I'm talking about God makes provision. Well, it got so bad that his friends asked him, said, Job, what have you done? That God's so mad about it. I'm paraphrasing. Job said, I ain't done anything. Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job said, you talk like a foolish woman. I mean, you're in misery. You're not doing no good. We ain't got no money. We ain't got no cattle. We ain't got no children. Everything's gone. Why don't you just curse God and die? But the Bible said that Job kept his integrity. And what did Job get in the end? See, listen to me, church. 
We live in a society that's instant pudding. I prayed, why ain't it done? I come to church, why ain't it done? Hello? Am I getting in anybody's pocket but my own? I went to the altar. Why hasn't God sent the mailman through the church door with a big check for me? He's wanting to see if your integrity will hold up. He's wanting to see if you'll keep coming to church even when the church don't help you. Woo, that hurt. Woo, that hurt. They don't help me. I ain't back. I've seen that a lot over the years. Yeah, as soon as God don't answer it the way you thought he ought to answer it, you're gone. You'll go to the house, take your little red wagon, your $3 that you pay a week in tithes, think you'll break the church, break God down to where God will bring and give you everything you want. Friend, you don't need everything you want. It gets you further away from God. I want to see your hand honestly on this one. How many has ever had a great desire to win the great big lottery? Be honest. Thank you, Bubba. Thank you, thank you. Now, let me see the hands of those that lied and didn't raise your hand. It's hard for me to win the lottery because I don't play it. Two billion and something, wasn't it? Billion, yeah. The billion mark, 2.3 or something like that. That's a sucker's game, folks. Listen to me. When God gives provisions, God not only gives you what you need, He'll give you more than what you need. Are you with me? Our government puts on television, $2.3 billion you're going to win and two billion people run out and buy tickets. Now hold on. So they just got another, what's a lottery ticket cost? I don't know. Anybody know? Say they're $5. I don't know what they are. I don't know. Is it a dollar or whatever it is? Anyway, how much? The billion dollar lottery, what would that one cost? Two or three dollars. Well, think about it. If a billion people run out and buy one, they just made six. If they hype that, they just made three billion. But they're only going to give you 2.3 that they've already collected. Hello, I ain't done with this story. No, no, not just the tax. You want your money it. They cut her in half right there. Amen. So they're not giving you $2.3 billion. That's a lie. Then you have to pay taxes. And you probably end up, say you do, with a billion. Oh, that's well and good. I can live on a billion. Can I tell you something that you don't understand? If God gave you a billion dollars today, he'd never see you back in the house of God. I believe that with all my heart. Because you'd be out trying to... Not only that, you'd be out trying to hide because you'd have so many friends you couldn't stand it. 
you'd have cousins and aunts and uncles you've never heard of. I'm your 25th cousin twice removed. (laughs) So man's provisions is always a lie. But when God provides it, it's more than enough. Isn't it sad that we trust man more than we trust God? Job said, woman, you talk to the foolish woman. I, I'm just going to my integrity. I'm going to stay with God if I never get anything. And what did he get when it was all said and done? He got twice what he had. Now think about it. Listen to me. If God never gave you another thing, ain't heaven still worth it? Ain't serving God still worth it? Ain't living righteously still worth it? We see that this word of God tonight is these folks was wanting these two angels more than they were wanting women, which is wicked, wicked, wicked. God had to make provisions to where they couldn't find the door. Now stay with me. What would it take for you and your spouse and your family to know that God has come on the scene. This is what amazes me. She looked back, didn't she? Now, I'll tell you something. I've been in situations where I was the only one there that was for me. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, when you got 25 or 30 and you're the only one that's for you, I've been there. Yeah, they sent sent police over there that day to help me. I don't know if they sent them over there to help me or to pick up the dead body. But anyway, God made provisions that day for me to get out of that. What I'm trying to say tonight is, God will always make provisions for you if you desire to get out of it. Now listen. Why, after seeing all that she saw, why didn't she go on with God? Benny, that's always amazed me. She just saw God strike all of those men blind. She saw that. She knows these two men are special because what God just did, the provision He just provided. But yet something back yonder was more inviting than what she was walking toward. Some people believe you can't backslide. I don't believe that. I believe she backslid right then. Some people don't believe that you can get out of the will of God. I don't believe that either. I got too many men of God that got out of the will. Some repented and some didn't. Both ways. But God made a way. Through Jesus Christ, God made a way for us to escape these things. He made provision through Him and by His blood that no matter the situation we were in, He put it in the book how we could get help and where the help was. How many has ever been really, really, really thirsty? So thirsty you drunk out of a mud hole? That's what I figured. Most of you never been that thirsty. 
you go out through the desert west and you don't see no water from 100 miles, 200 miles. No water. You cross that, even in an automobile. I'll never forget, Ed Henry told me when he moved from L.A. back to North Carolina, it was so hot coming across the desert that he had to stop at gas stations and buy bags of ice to put in the front of his radiator where the cool water would go across the radiator to keep the truck from running hot. He said, I'd go to climbing heat. He said, I'd pull in a gas station, get two more bags. Pull in a load. Created it to get hotter. And I thought, man, I've never been in a place like that. I've never been in a place where it's so dry you couldn't even spit. I've never been in a place like that. But here the children of God is out in a place like that. No water, no sign of water, no hope, no help. And God provided. Even if it was a reluctant man, God still provided water, didn't he? Speak to that rock. No, he beat the far out of that rock. <laughs> Listen, why do we keep butting our head against our help? That's human nature, isn't it? <laughs> I know some of us men folk right here in this congregation and I keep butting our head and our spouses are trying to help us. <laughs> Ladies, that was a big place for an amen right there. I see some of you didn't take advantage of that. I heard you. But isn't it funny that somebody that's trying to help us, we'll butt heads with them. Did your daddy ever tell you this? Son, if you're going to be stupid, you're going to have to be tough. (laughs) I found out I ain't that tough. I was that st- but I wasn't that tough. I found out that if I had to listen just a little bit, I could have missed those things. I wouldn't have had to butted my head against it. God said, listen to me. You need to get out of this place. I'm going to destroy it. And she still looked back. So don't tell me you can't look back. Don't tell me that some folks ain't got a desire to go back to what they come out of. Now wait, wait just a minute. He just had to offer your daughters and you want to go back there. You came into this place and you were rich and prosperous and here you are in a mess. And you want to go back? I don't understand that. I, uh, ever since the day I truly got saved, I ain't never wanted to go back. Amen. Hello, I, I wanted to quit preaching a lot. You know when people hard-headed won't listen, you know? And you can tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them and they keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Uh, sometimes you just want to say, what's the use? They ain't going to change. God, why you got me butting my head with them? 
Send me somewhere, Lord, where they'll listen. But I found out everywhere I went the same way. <laughs> you got something to listen and some won't. <laughs> right? How many got on the boat? How many got out of that city? Hello? You see what I'm saying? When God made a way, he also made the provisions. Now listen, been me, and I've seen all them people walking around blind, I'd have wanted to know what caused it. What happened? How'd they get that way? First of all, you know it had to be a regular crowd of people that had done this more than once. And most of the time, the world knows the thugs that's in the neighborhood. And wouldn't it have been funny if you'd have been one guy that was fairly good and you're looking at all these thugs? This is me. Excuse me, I'm going to step into the flesh just for a second. If one of them had ever wronged me, I'd wanted to run over and hit him while he couldn't see me. Wouldn't you? I'd wanted to run over and say, pow, right in the end of that big nose. That's what you get. Can't see me, don't know who I am. I'm going to the house. <laughs> Hello, I'm just telling you what I've done in the flesh. Oh, you wouldn't have done that. Yes, you would have. You had opportunity to hit him for him doing you some kind of wrong. Hello, I ain't preaching just to myself, folks. I'm preaching to a crowd that's wanted to hit a lot of folks. Amen. And if you could hit them and get by with it, you would have. But isn't it funny that those that were even struck blind never got out? Ain't that sad? Wonder how many will sit on a pew and never get out. Wonder how many will stay in the house of the Lord most of their life and never, never see heaven. Get to the gates. Right, Beardy? Everybody going to heaven. Ain't all of them going to get to stay. Are you with me? Say amen. Isn't it funny that Abraham and Isaac, I'm going to run through these right quickly. In Genesis 22, God made provisions, didn't he? Abraham went to kill Isaac, and God provided himself a lamb, didn't he? He provided what he had required. Hello? Our God is a God that provides. I mentioned baby Moses this morning. The burning bush. Hello? <laughs> Have you ever wondered why it was a burning bush? Anybody me ever wonder these things? Why a burning bush? Fire purifies. All right, think about this. No man can look upon God and live. So he had to come some way to get their attention to where he could talk to them but wouldn't destroy them. So the burning bush was provision. Are you with me? I mentioned crossing the Red Sea, the quail, the manna. Are you with me? Say amen. Listen. What about Samson and Delilah? Samson, one of the strongest men we ever read about, ever will read about. Now listen to me. Samson jumped up as he always had, and the Bible said this, he wished not that the Spirit of God was gone. 
That's the exact words in the Bible. He wist not. In other words, he jumped up to shake himself like he always did. The Spirit of God was gone. See, the provision had left. And they conquered him. Why? Because he laid and lapsed sin too long. <laughs> Sin's inviting. What about Ruth and Naomi? She went down empty and came back more empty. Why would you leave the house of bread? Hello? David and Goliath. David and Jonathan. You remember that? Mephibosheth? <laughs> what about Elijah and the prophets of Baal? Did God provide for all of these folks? Was the provision, listen, you want to talk about being in excess. When Elijah said, pour more water on that thing. I pour a little more water on that thing. <laughs> Y'all ain't got it. Y'all ain't got it yet. What he was saying was, your God couldn't even take the first one. My God's going to take more than one or two or three times. Just keep pouring it on. He's fixing to show you who is God. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are you godly enough to stand up when it's time to stand up? Or you're just going to follow the crowd. I never was one to really follow a crowd. I like being a way maker. Not that it was always a good way. Don't get me wrong. Some of the things I've done weren't, were, totally wasn't worth doing. But I never did like following the crowd blindly. Let's go down here and do this. No, thank you. We'll go down here and get us a big tattoo. You're out of your mind. Go on. Ain't nobody poking holes in my body, and I sure ain't paying them to do it. Amen. Amen. Come back, arm nearly rotted out. Let's go get another one. Nope, go ahead. I'm not following you. You can jump in that river all by yourself. <laughs> Let me see if I can close this mess. My first cousins, Danny and Bustard, <laughs> Davey, three boys. My daddy's, uh, mama's oldest brother, Junior, had three boys. Mama had three boys. JV and Buster and them was just about two years ahead of us. So JV was two years older than my brother. Danny was two years older than my baby brother. Buster was two years older than me. We went up to Virginia Beach, Virginia, to see him. My first cousin was an instigator. We all walked down. Grandpa just lived a couple of blocks from the beach, and we all walked down to the beach. And then John, the first time country man ever seen the ocean, seen the beach, didn't know nothing about all that stuff. 
Danny got down there running his mouth and got us in trouble with some guys and started to fight. I mean, here we are, first trip ever out of these mountains, and I'm up here in Virginia fighting. I mean, we had one more knockdown, drag out, brawl. When it was all said and done, got to looking and Danny wasn't nowhere in sight. He done got it stirred and left. Here we go back to the house. Don't ask me if we won or lost. We was bleeding, that's all I'll tell you. We was able to walk, so I guess we was a winner either way, right? We get to the house, and Danny's sitting on the porch. Ain't got a mark on him. JV walked over and hit him right in the mouth. Knocked him plumb off the porch. (laughs) I ain't never forgot that. That's been nearly 60 years ago. And JV said, Danny, you started that fight and you left us. Danny said, so what? Buster hit him again. (laughs) JV done hit him, now Buster hit him. I was wanting to hit him. The moral of the story was, he started it. But he never stayed to help with the provisions needed to finish it. How many of us is going to stay in this fight? How many of us is going to run? We could all sit right here right now and mention, folk, it's done run from the fight. They're sitting at home. They're not doing anything for God. God's made provisions all the way around. And they've run and run. And run from God. I've never forgot that. I never will either, I guess, as long as I'm in my right mind. And every once in a while I get to thinking about that. That ain't the only fight that I was ever drug into that my helpers left. When it's all said and done and they're throwing you in the squad car, they're gone. And you you think about it. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I don't care how bad the battle gets. He said, I'm going to make provisions for you if you'll stay with me. But the trouble of it is, the church world's heard our government holler boo and we run home. We trusted our government more than we trusted God. We're a winner either way, aren't we? If we go or if we stay, we're a winner either way. If we're right with God, we're a winner. So what about us tonight, the cheer? Are we going to stay in this fight? Jesus even asked his disciples, will you leave me too? Will you leave me too? If Jesus asked that question, I think it's fair for me to ask you that question. Will you leave God too? Will this be your last service that you ever set in? Will this be the last time that you ever praised God? Will this be the last time that you sit in the house where the power of the Holy Ghost is? 
Will this be the last time? See, we got a world out there that's trying to draw us away from it. We got a crowd out there that's trying to vote it out. To make it a hate crime to preach and tell the truth. You can't tell the truth. No, 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 no. We I get sick every time I think about this. The last count they said there's thirty seven, I believe it was, genders. I'm serious. Look it up. There's 37 different genders according to our American government right now. I, I mean, I can multiply two times two and come with four, but I don't know how you get 37. But you can if you think about it. That girl sued the school because they didn't have a litter box for a cat. And she recognized herself as a cat. Remember that? Anybody remember that but me? Yeah, she sued the school, wanting to put a litter box in where she could use it. Hello. Look in the school rules. Cats can't go to school. Send her home. Send her home. If she's a cat, tell her mama to put her in a cat box at the house. Right? But that's the kind of stuff that's going on. Hey, if it's in the world today, they'll want it in the church tomorrow. And if we don't stay and fight the good fight of faith, what will happen for our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren? We don't tell them the truth now. Where will they ever hear the truth? Let us stand together. God can make a way. He'll also make provisions. You're here tonight and you need some provisions made for your life. Will you bring it to the Lord tonight? Step out and come and say, God, I need you to provide some things. And I realize, God, that only you can provide it. God, you know the need that I have. I know you're able to meet that need. So God, provide. Because I'm going to trust you. I'm going through the desert. I'm going through the Red Sea. I'm going to keep holding on to the hand of God. I'm trusting you, Lord. The altar's open if you'll come.